and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh Lord, we rarely have quiet time. We are at times busy and distracted. We have work to do. And yet we are people who need the sacred, the quiet, the holy. And so we come here, O oh Lord, and we open our hearts to you because you have promised to be here. You have promised to speak to us in the word proclaimed and to be present to us in the sacrament administered. Inspire us this day, O oh Lord, and prepare us for the week ahead where we will be your voice and we will be your hands. In Jesus' holy and most gracious name we pray. Amen. The sermon today will come to you in the form of a long story. It's a story about someone least in this world who was great in God's world. It is a story of fiction, yet it is rooted in one of my own experiences. The story is about a man named Jason. He's middle-aged, and he goes to Europe for the very first time. He finds himself in the little town called Sorrento on the coast of Italy, south of Rome, near the Amalfi Coast. He's standing on a corner, and in front of him is a roundabout. It has three lanes, but the cars who go into the roundabout don't pay attention to the lanes at all. They're little cars, Fiats. They think they can go anywhere they want, sidewalks included. And he's watching this all transpire, and he's thinking about crossing the street, but then decides not. He looks around and tourists are everywhere. Italian natives are everywhere, moving here and there, helter-skelter. Tour guys have their flags trying to corral their tour groups. There are groups from Japan and Germany and America and England. There are shopkeepers standing in front of their shops motioning for people to come in, come in and buy this, buy that, your memory of your trip to Italy. There are people pushing here and there, and he's scrunched in on that corner, watching the cars and listening to the noises. It's a cacophony of noise. It is chaos around him. He sees a, a restaurant off in the distance, yet it is packed with people. There's not even a place to sit. People are waiting on customers back and forth, and he has nowhere to go to find relief from this chaos when he notices off to his left a small cathedral. There aren't many people around it. People everywhere, but not in front of the cathedral. It's ornate, beautiful. The doors are closed. But he decides to go over to this little cathedral. The doors are bronze, almost two stories high. And he goes up and he grabs the handle of one of the bronze doors and he expects it to be locked, but it's not. He opens the bronze door and in he goes and the cathedral is bathed in light. 
Lights are all on. He notices up to the front, the altar, flowers, candles, lit. The bronze door now comes closed and it's quiet. No chaos. He's entered a different world. He feels it right away. Two more steps in. He's in what's called the nave. He's calming down. Above the altar is a dome ceiling. Mosaics cover the inside of the dome, and he can see the Virgin Mary and Jesus. Stained glass windows are all along the side, and it filters the light to make it look like a different world. There's the faint smell of incense. He sits down in the back row of the nave. He's Lutheran. He sits in the back, back row. <laughs> and he notices other people now for the first time. There are a total of seven people sitting in various places in that nave. They're all elderly women. He looks at them, looks at the beauty of the sanctuary. It's like the most magnificent museum possible. He notices off to his right a woman who is kneeling at a side altar. There's a bank of candles right in front of her, and she lights one of the candles and places it in the sand. And she, he knows that she is saying a prayer for someone. She bows her head, and he watches as she prays, noticing her clothes. Shabby. She has a scarf. Very faded cloth. Clean. Ironed, in fact but faded. Watches her. Looks at each of the stained glass windows, the story about Jesus that they tell. And then the woman who had placed the candle grabbed her cane and she pushed herself up and she started walking to exit. Her path would take her directly past Jason. She wasn't looking up. She was so hunched over. Her posture was not good from a lifetime of service and work. She walked closer and closer to him, and when she got within a few feet, she looked up, and their eyes met. And Jason never experienced a gaze as peaceful as hers. She smiled at him and simply nodded. And in that smile and in that nod and in that glance was a sermon more profound than any he had heard in a lifetime. He heard a message from her that went something like this. I'm glad you are here. You need to be here. Be at peace. God is with you. Dive deeply into God's love. Jason thought about the crowds outside on the streets 
and how to him they appear like a colony of water bugs flitting along the surface of a pond, going in no particular direction. And here this woman has invited him with her glance and her nod to dive deeply into God's love. And then she was gone. And he remained. Now he looked at the dome and the candles and the stained glass with new eyes. It was no longer a museum for him. It was sacred space. And it symbolized the depth of God's love. And it felt like he was diving into that love. And that it was surrounding him. He realized that he was one of the water bugs, that his life was filled with busyness and distraction, rushing here and there and not really knowing why, never taking the risk of diving deeply into the meaning and purpose and love that God offers. Some people would call that moment for him a born-again moment, and I guess it was. Maybe we should call it a dive-deep moment. Changed his life. He would go back to his living, and he would at times be a water bug, busy and distracted, but now he found opportunity to seek out the sacred, the holy, like he experienced in that cathedral. And it would sustain him in the times of busyness that, well, we all experience. And he owes it all to someone great, someone the world would not acknowledge as great, a servant woman bent over from her labors, who simply smiled at him and gave him the gift of God's love. That's what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. This woman was great in God's world. Well, that's Jason's story. I share it with you. It's unique to him. You have your own story. And I am absolutely convinced that you have someone in your life who acted like that woman who was bent over and walked past Jason in the cathedral. Otherwise, you would not be here. Those are the great people in God's world. They don't even know it. See, that's how God's world works. Through ordinary people, from the bottom up, not the top down. Someone in your life has opened up the sacred to you, has shared with you the opportunity to dive deeply into God's love. Today, I invite you to give thanks for that person. Name that person in the prayers of the church and give thanks for that person. Then, I also encourage you to consider yourself, your insignificant, ordinary self to be great in God's world. As you notice the people around you who are scurrying back and forth, 
distracted and busy. And instead of having judgment on that distraction and that busyness, you have love for those people who desire to dive deeply just as you do. We are the woman with the cane as well. Such is God's word for us this day. Amen. Most holy God, thank you for speaking to us today. We give thanks for the little ones in our life who have touched us with your love. Children, grandparents, teachers, friends, neighbors, siblings. We thank you for the love they have shared with us. And now, O oh Lord, may we have the strength to share that love with the world around us. In your holy and most blessed name, we pray. Amen.